This episode of the Brunch and Slay podcast was brought to you by the Brand Launch Society. Confidence contributes immensely to the performance of every business. Join the Brand Launch Society today. Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Welcome back. It's me, Amira, and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you guys who continue to tune in. For those of you who are downloading, and I've been getting your emails about you just now subscribing, and I thank you. I cannot ever thank you enough. Be sure if this is your first time listening and you love what you hear, go ahead and scroll on down and give us a review. Uh, Today's show is definitely going to be one that you want to play again and again and again. Uh, We have a young lady here who is killing it in the finance industry. You probably see her in your timeline all the time. You see her on flyers, being featured in events. You see her everywhere from USA Today, Ebony Magazine to Huffington Post. Uh, She's also a financial planner, uh, planning coach. She is a girl on a mission to help us all maintain and grow our coins. Miss Dominique Broadway. Hello, Dominique. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, I'm so happy that we finally got a chance to do this. I know, I know, me too. So I know that you have done it all when it comes to finance, and I love to hear you tell your story, but I I know that you always wanted to go into finance. What was it that made you know that this was just for you? I know it was at a very young age, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty early on. That was kind of nerdy of me, but um, I I think for me, the, the biggest kind of initial thing um, was not necessarily knowing I wanted to go into finance, but knowing that, knowing that I really wanted to figure out how to make, like, a lot of money. Not on some, like, Scrooge thing, but just, like, <laughs> I understood that when you have your own money, you can pretty much do what you want to do when you want to do it. Um, and I just remember as a kid, you know, my mom, you know, me asking my mom or my dad for something. They're like, no, not right now, even though they had the money. And I was like, well, if I had my own money, I could do what I wanted to do. And so when I got a little bit older, I was just trying to figure out, like, how, I mean, I started tons of businesses while I was a kid and even in high school. Um, and I was just trying to figure out, like, how are the rich getting rich? And it was pretty much two ways. It was either through real estate or, excuse me, through stock market. Um, or obviously some as entrepreneurs, but t- basically taking the wealth that they were getting and investing it in one of, the, one of two places. So I set out to, first of all, buy my first house as soon as I graduated college, which I did. I actually bought it before I graduated college. Um, It took me an extra semester to graduate. (laughs) But um, in addition to that, I was just trying to learn as much as I could about about the stock market and how does it work. And I went to my family and they kind of knew but didn't really know. So I had to learn on my own. So I realized, like I said, when I was in high school that I wanted to be a financial planner. And that's when I really just started learning as much as I could about the stock market and about just finance in general and how to make my money grow. So what was your first job out of college? So my first job, 
Well, my first um, finance-related internship, I had interned at some, like, accounting firms, and accounting absolutely sucks. And actually, that's the reason why it took me an extra semester to graduate, because I'm, like, the worst in accounting. I'm good on the computer, but not, like, how they want you to write it down when you're in school. <laughs> um, and so my first um, job was at UBS Financial Services, and I somehow managed to get this internship, like, by God's grace, because my GPA in college was like a 2.2. It was very low. Um, and it wasn't because I was dumb or anything. It was just I really just didn't see the value. I was just there because I that's what you're supposed to do. But I was spending a lot of time working and, and trying to start businesses and things of that nature. But I ended up getting an internship at UBS Financial Services, which is one of the top wealth management firms in the world. I had never heard of them which is because they only really focus on clients that have like 20, 10, 20, 30 million dollars in investable assets, which basically means that's how much people have in their quote unquote uh, savings or investing account. <clears throat> so um, that's, I got that first internship in New York, um, spent the summer there, they really liked me and offered me a full-time job um, back, in, back in Maryland, which is where I was living at the time. Um, and so, yeah, that was uh, really what kicked off my career in um, the investment field. Wow. So you got that carrot dangled in front of you. And I love that you share that you are not. And, and a lot of us have that, you know, part, college, it's this crazy limbo phase. You know, you're not quite yes. an adult. You're not quite a kid. Uh, you're trying to navigate those waters and figure it out. But just because mm -hmm. you don't have your dream GPA or what some company tells you should have does not mean you are not a rock star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So were you always a saver once you got that first job or, or obviously since a kid, cause you've been working for years. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a saver. I just love having money. I love the, the confidence that comes when you can go throughout life knowing that you're, you're comfortable. Now I've been broke before. So I know what it feels like when you're like, Oh gosh, I'm so broke. Just walking outside, hoping and praying that nothing happens because you know whatever happens, you're not going to be able to afford it. So that's a bad feeling. <laughs> and I've been there. And so um, that's why I really value saving and, and having that money and that cushion, which, you know, for some people, they call it like F you money, right? The money you can say, you know what, F you, I don't need to be here. Mm -hmm. I got money, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, yeah, I've always been a saver you know, through um, college, like I saved up money, I, like I said, bought my first house before I graduated college. Um, and then even after that, you know, getting my very first paycheck and, you know, turning into an adult, basically, while in college, um, having to set a budget and still take that one class that I was hoping and praying I could pass one day so I could graduate and working at the same time, working full time. So I really had to sit down and work out a budget, you know, make sure my savings happen automatically um, and that I could cover all the bills and just really making sure that I had a savings plan in place. Wow. So now that you work with people daily, what do you mm -hmm. think is the biggest misconception about financial planning or financial planners? Um... I think, I think the biggest misconception is that financial planners only work with people that have money. And which sadly is, is kind of true. Most, most of them only really do work with people that have tons of money. So um, that's really why I started my company because my friends were coming to me, asking me for help in, at the firms that I was working at. You had to have one of them I was working at, you had to have at least half a million. The other one I was working at, you had to have at least a million to become a client. And so because that's how most financial planners or firms operate, people feel like, oh, I can't, I can't afford to work with a financial planner. I can't afford to get this financial guidance. 
Um, and even now, you know, I don't really consider myself, I'm, I'm still kind of a planner, but you know, it's, it's really shifted where it's more of this education part, you know, in, in helping people plan and guiding them, creating that and, and providing that education so they know exactly what they need to do and not necessarily setting up investments and insurance and all those things, what you need. But I realize for most people, they're not even there yet. They're just trying to get the financial basics together. And that's what we really focus on. Um, but it's so necessary it's so necessary and I think it's awesome to have people to be able to see someone around their age who looks like them who can kind of get intimidated because you don't often see and I'm sure there are a lot of African-American planners out there but Mm -hmm. you don't often see them kind of breaking it down like you do yeah it's really true I mean also too because like like I said you know most financial planners excuse me they don't make money helping people that don't have money you know, they make money helping people that do have money, and that's who they go after. So they're not, they're not trying to focus on helping you create a budget. They're just trying to figure out how much money you have to invest, and that basically basically determines how much money that they can make off of you. So I remember when I started my company, my mentor was like, "This is crazy. Like, what are you doing?" He's like, "You're never gonna make money helping people that don't have money," and that only really motivated me even more. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna make this a thing. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna work, and it has worked um but yeah it's 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 sad but but it's kind of the nature of of that business but i do think that these major firms are starting to have to ship ship and understand like you got to help everybody you know i mean there's okay it's okay for you to focus on these types of clients but there's more and more people like myself who are focusing on just really educating people because you know our education system does not do a good job of doing that no i don't even think other than probably fifth grade learning about a checking account i don't really remember um, having a time that we had to study or learn about budgeting, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was many moons ago. <laughs> so when people are, are first beginning to wrap their mind around the importance of their financial stability or this journey, where's a great place to, place to start? Like, what are some, a couple of basics that can be uh, less intimidating for people just to get the groundwork done? Um, I think some of the, the first things that people should do, and this is like bare bones, like you have to, well, I guess two things. One is figuring out your two magic numbers is what I call it. So we all have these, we all have two magic numbers. The first one is how much money you're bringing in. Super simple, right? So that's you figuring out how much you make every month. If you're a salaried employee, that's easy. If you are um, an entrepreneur, it could be a little bit more difficult, but essentially you need to know how much money you're bringing in. And then the next number, the other magic number is your, um, <clears throat> excuse me, your, uh, your expenses. So how much does it cost to run you every single month? Um, and obviously the income number needs to be much higher than the expense number. And if for some reason it's the other way around, you just got to figure out what you can do. If that's either reducing your expenses or making money, which I think more people should worry about that as well, making more money. Um, And once you figure out what those two magic numbers are, I think the next thing is really just starting to pull everything with your name and a dollar sign. So basically that will give you a very clear understanding of your complete financial picture, right? So I know even when I went through my financial struggles and I went broke and I talk about all the time how I went broke after starting my company, that's when I went broke. And it was a mental shift for me because I've always been so good with money and I was helping everyone else. And everyone that I was helping was like succeeding financially and I was drowning. 
because I took this entrepreneurial route and I didn't have the best pricing in place and all these things. And so I had to do these exact things. Um, and I actually had to sit down with the third party. I actually sat down with my grandfather and did this. I'm like, I need you to like walk me through this process. Like I am my own client because I'm mentally just like shut down my finances. And I had to figure out how much money was coming in, figure out how much money I was spending. And then I, I literally printed out and pulled every single thing I had, any bill collection statement, any um, credit card statement, everything that I had and put all of it on the table. And the interesting thing is I had built up this huge monster, this huge financial monster in my mind. And I remember sitting there, my grandfather was like, this isn't as bad as you made it seem. I'm like, no, it's horrible. Like, I'm not as <laughs> bad. And he's like, no, it's not. And it was interesting. I looked and I was like, oh, wait, it's not that bad. Now, there were still a lot of things wrong. Like, my house went into foreclosure. I got it out. My car got repossessed. I got all that out. So I didn't lose anything. But the monster that I had created in my head was that I was, like, in this huge, huge financial hole. Um, and I was like, I just need to file bankruptcy. I've messed up, you know? And it was like, no, you really don't. Like, you really don't even have enough of debt to file bankruptcy, you know? And so I think that's where people kind of get overwhelmed sometimes and they just turn it into this big financial monster in their head. So figuring out your two magic numbers and then really taking that step, you know, if you're in a financial, a negative, a bad financial situation or even a positive financial situation, just understanding, um, taking everything out so that you can see exactly how much or see exactly what your entire financial picture looks like. No, thank you for your transparency. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. will never tell you that, especially once they've, you know, made it, quote unquote, and they're being featured in Huffington Post and all these great things. They want you to think yeah. that everything is, is roses. But I think that that, that just helps someone right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot good, of times... Good. thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times people do do that. You know, you, avoidance is not the answer. You should still mm -hmm. know where, what you owe, even though you, if you can't pay it. You know, that helps mm -hmm. you stay motivated. I think when you don't see it, you just kind of get into this depression and you fall into this deep hole as opposed to just tackling it and finding other optimum forms to earn more money. Yeah, yeah. And in communication, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, if you can't pay something, communicate with your lender. Like, I remember I was sitting there and calling some of my, some of my like, collectors or, or accounts that I owed on. And they were all so willing to work with me. And I just felt so stupid. Like, why didn't I call these people earlier, right? Um, and so it was interesting because I remember being, like, really angry with God because I was going through this. But I realized after the fact and during the fact that, you know, I was going through all this because now I have a whole other level of education where before my financial education really just expanded across investments, alternative investments and wealth building and wealth creation. And now I had this whole other level experience, which, you know, really talked, you know, lended towards what do you do when your house is foreclosure? What do you in foreclosure? What do you do when your um your uh, your car is repossessed? What do you do when you're behind your credit score in a debt? What do you do when your credit score drops from like seven fifty to five hundred? Because that happened to me, right? And how do you rebuild it? And so I had this whole new um area of uh, education. So this, you know, as they say, there's there's a message and a lesson um, in most things that we go through. And that was my, uh, you know, that was my next level of education for me. So it was, it was a good thing. No, I, I, I totally see it. It's so crazy how, you know, you go through these things and then afterwards you can look back and say, Oh, okay. I know why. It's I, like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure that opened up the world to that guy, whoever that mentor was telling you, you wouldn't make money. That basically mm -hmm. put you in the field with the ideal people to make money with. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's funny now. He 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 hits me every month or so. He's all he'll always say, Dominique, I'm so proud of you. Like every time I you know get on social media, you're doing so well. I'm like, I had to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need a naysayer. We need it. Yes, yes. We all sometimes we do. This episode has been brought to you by the Brand Launch Society. Listen up, Chicago. This one's just for you. If you're like me and most of the world, at some point in your life, someone you know and love and hold dear to you has been affected by cancer. I'm asking you to answer the call and nominate a cancer survivor or someone who's fighting the good fight to join Audrey Woodley for the third annual Beauty for a Cause Legacy Brunch. Audrey created the Legacy Brunch after witnessing firsthand the effects of cancer on her family and after knowing what it can do to the ones you love. She created this event for Chicago natives in order to uplift the spirits and shine a light on those fighting the fight and survivors all across the city. Nominate the one who you love by emailing Audrey at info at AudreyLWoodley.com or give her a call at 773-309-1047. Those of you in the beauty industry who want to help participate in this event and help the honorees by lifting their spirits, reach out to Audrey and email her at info at AudreyLWoodley.com or give her a call at 773-309-1047. And now back to Brunch and Slay. Okay, so now that you're in this realm and you are definitely owning your own space, who is it that you look up to for financial inspiration? Mm-hmm. I think... Um... You know, believe it or not, it's a lot of my, I would say, friends that are in my circle that I really look up to. Um, I mean, obviously, it's easy to look up to, like, celebrities and things of that nature, but um, there's just so many people that, that I look up to that are, like, my colleagues and friends who are who are phenomenal. So even um, one of my friends, Kendra Burns, I think she owns the Key Resource and I know I've known her from uh, Washington, D.C., and she is, like, 31, and she owns, like, nine investment properties and you know another one of my good friends um uh oh gosh who was uh, oh arnita arnita johnson and she owns luxurious credit and you know she has this awesome story of how she went from like being a welfare to creating this multi-million dollar um you know, a credit company. And these are the people that I look up to, but they're also in my circle, right? So I always just try to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with like-minded people and people that I want to be like. I inspire them, they inspire me. Um, and I love these types of stories because I, I understand their journey. And I know the struggles that they went through, but also it shows, you know, how this wealth journey is something that's doable and it's it's possible. So um, those are some of the people that I, that I actually look up to personally. No, that's I, that you said a word even there. This is full of nuggets. And we say it all the time, you know, surround yourself around people that you want to be like who you want to, you are who you spend the most, what is it? The five people you spend the most time with is who yep. you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you, are. So mm-hmm. you need to go after that with a vengeance. People make no apologies about it. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. So now I know you have a spe- something new that you're working on, the Wealth Building Collective. Yes, yes. I'm really excited about uh, the Wealth Building Collective. So I've been trying to figure out for a couple years <laughs> like, how I can make financial planning super, super, super affordable. And I've already made it affordable, but it was for those people who like, oh, I can't afford to work with you one-on-one, but I really want this one-on-one experience. And so that's why we launched the Wealth Building Collective. So with the use of technology, 
excuse me, with the use of technology and, and, and adding in the whole one-on-one coaching accountability, we've created the Wealth Building Collective, which is a pretty much a membership community that provides um, the accountability, the one-on-one coaching, in addition to um, goal tracking through the software, education, everything for one, uh, for a very low monthly price. Like I say, the price of a, a brunch or two during the month. Um, and so I'm really excited about it. We've had a huge amount of interest already. So many people have already signed up and it's, and it's awesome. So that's what I'm working on right now. Um, and I really think it's going to be a game changer in the financial space as we continue to build the technology and, um, you know, just make it, make this information more accessible to, to more people. That's awesome. You know, Thank I was you. just reading in money magazine. Was it money money magazine? Um, learn best. You remind okay. me of it. I'm listening to you and I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. hearing you and I'm seeing your future. Like yeah. I, yes. I totally <laughs> see taking it to a whole nother level. Um, I think this is, and I, I'm not just saying that this is so needed. That's a huge yeah. part of why I created brunch and slays. I wanted to connect more people with opportunities to build their wealth and get your mind right because there is no joy when your money's funny. There's nothing. It's too stressful too. It's just too much. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you said it. There is a confidence that comes from knowing. I don't care if I get a flat tire. I get a new one, and I'll still keep going on my trip. You know, there's yes. there's a confidence that comes from knowing those things, um, and and I want more of us to experience that, and and to know mm-hmm. that you don't have to have a six figure salary to experience financial um, wellness. Yeah, so true. So I'm so proud that you are such a young woman who is making it her business to share this information and to help. You're creating a whole new legacy and you're creating a whole new community of women and giving them power. And I know you don't just work. Thank you. But I just think, you know, this is this. That's my jam, women. So. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate that though. But yeah, I mean, most 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 people that most people are most of the people that I probably work with are women. I work with all, but um, but you know women are just more more into self-improvement and you know into into admitting to if they if they need help and things of that nature so usually you know women are just more in tune with with building wealth it seems like. well they usually pay the bills anyway even yeah true <laughs> even married, they usually balance the checkbook you know so i, I get that and i we so i know you also have done pop-ups and done happy hours are you doing any more of those in the future you know, I don't have anything planned right now. I'm definitely hoping to do something with you, um, but also in general, just really hoping to to get to more events going. But it's been a little bit more. It's been a little difficult for me because over the past two years, I have done so many speaking engagements every year. I'm averaging forty to fifty speaking engagements a year, and so because of that, it has just made it really difficult for me to do my own events. But I love doing events, combining money with cocktails, which are my two, two of my favorite things in the world. So I've just, you know, make sure you're following. And, um, you know, when those events come up, you know, you guys can, I would love to, you know, see uh, the whole audience there. Yes, we are definitely, and, and we're, Dominic and I are definitely going to put something together. When her schedule opens up in mine, we have both been out here trying to conquer the world. Yes. <laughs> and fit it in where we can. We have to literally plan a podcast so we can actually chat to <laughs> Life, life. <laughs> now, you recently relocated to Houston. 
I did. I live in Houston now. I think I'm a Houstonian. I don't know. I don't know if I've been here long enough. It hasn't even been a year yet. Um, so I've only been here since August uh, 2017. Um, so it is, I'm enjoying Houston. I am eating my way through Houston. What it <laughs> That's feels the way like. There's so much food here. Yeah, this morning I'm, I'm like, you know, so our boyfriend, I was like, yo, we got to, we done gain like some Houston pounds. We got to. <laughs> You gotta get this off. This is crazy. Summer's coming. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. So I know that you are definitely a woman who is, I'm sure you eat and breathe your business because it's just become second <laughs> nature when you when it's your baby, you know, as an entrepreneur. It is. Yeah, it is. But besides your business, what else are you personally passionate about at this point in your life? Mm, yes, my business is definitely bae, but uh, <laughs> I really love... Um, I already mentioned eating, but outside of that, traveling. Traveling is my hands down favorite thing to do. Um, I was in uh, Iceland in, in January and, and planning to travel abroad to um, Bali. If I, I would like to go for a month um, mm. and work from Bali, if I can find a month to do that, that's my issue right now. Um, but yeah, traveling is just my hands down favorite thing to do. Last year I spent you know, two and a half weeks in uh, Peru, traveling throughout uh, Lima and Cusco, and it was amazing, and also spent about two weeks in Morocco, and so I just really, really love traveling. It's my favorite thing to do. How was Iceland? Iceland was expensive, okay? <laughs> just people. Like, let me tell you what they do. So they, I, I flew Wild Air, and I actually wrote a blog post about it, and hopefully I'm going to get it up soon, but I flew Wild Air, and uh, the flights were cheap, 250 round trip. They're basically the spirit airlines of the international world. But once you get to Iceland, like, cocktails are literally $25 a piece. Whoa. Like, I had never been so sober on a trip. Like, I, because I'm so frugal. <laughs> like, so no even... Yeah, I was like, mm-mm. So even happy hour, like, you go to happy hour, and they're like, oh, $13. I'm like, I thought it was happy hour. They're like, yeah, this drink is usually 26 It's 50% off. And I was just like, what is going on? So, yeah, even um, I had, like, a fish and chips meal, which was, like, 30 bucks, Like, Whoa. just crazy expensive. Yeah, so, you know, you, you, you want a steak, you're paying $60. And we're not even talking, like, a super great cut so anyway it's expensive but absolutely beautiful the blue lagoon's amazing if you have been thinking about going to iceland like i think it's definitely one of those places that's that's a must see okay well yeah nice to know about the pocket so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one thing i'm like it's gonna be cheap to get you there the hotel will be inexpensive but once you're there that's where all your money goes so well, you're making up for that plane ticket so you just have to wrap your mind around that like hey yes very what I true. but also too on the plane they didn't even like water was three dollars it was it was interesting um <laughs> i wrote a i wrote a very detailed blog post about my trip with with the exact prices so it should be going live soon so make sure you check out the site and see it because I, yes. I I couldn't I couldn't believe how much they were nickel and diamond up on this trip. So no, I, <laughs> but I mean, it's a beautiful, know, that's, that's just how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. spoiled too. We're spoiled. We're yeah. being able to hop to Mexico or someplace like that, and mm -hmm. you know live it up like a millionaire, and you know come back home to the real world. But I, that that's yeah. letting me know. So I definitely yeah, not nice one. <laughs> so in the spirit of Brunch and Slay, I know clearly you're slaying the financial world and you're slaying mm -hmm. the world of entrepreneurship. What else in your life are you currently slaying? Mm, I don't know. I mean, those might be the only things I'm currently slaying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I find that hard to yeah, believe. I don't know. I mean, maybe from the, I don't, I don't know what else I'm doing well. I mean, I think I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm working on slang and trying to get like this popping body going again since I've, I've getting some, some peace and pounds. Um, but I think, you know, outside of that, just a lot of self, I've been working on a lot of self uh, care and improvement and spending a lot more time with myself because, you know, being an entrepreneur and um, it can really take up, it's just, it can engulf a lot of your time. I mean, even nowadays, some, there's still some days I'll, you know, get up at five, five thirty, work out, start working around seven, eight in the morning and not, and not finish working until, 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 until 10 to 10 or 11 at night. And so, um, you know, because I don't have kids, I have that, that time to do so. I'm in a relationship. So, you know, we, we make time for each other, but outside of that, you know, really just making sure that I'm cutting my day at five or six and have meeting my friends for happy hour and maybe working later on in the evening, but really just trying to spend more time, like, meditating and working out and, and things of that nature. So I'm attempting to slay in that area. No, that's, that's, that's real. I mean, but the thing is sometimes I, I, I definitely will say, don't feel bad about those days when you have to go to 10 because you're laying a, a strong foundation. You're not yes, yes. gravel. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, and that's exactly how I feel. I'm like all this, all this work I'm doing. I know last night I left the office at, uh, it was like nine 30, you know, I'm always there with the cleaning people. And, um, but I, I know this is all like, it's literally all blocks that I'm building for something bigger. It's not just me, you know, sitting in the office doodling around. So I think as long as you know that there's an end in sight, it doesn't make it bad. Oh yeah. So, you know, and I, and I'm cheering for you. I'm watching, I'm taking notes, girl. I know, I know this, <laughs> this is so yet to come. Thank you. So you can brunch with anybody in the world that you want to, dead or alive, this Saturday. Who are you brunching with? Dead or alive. So this, you know who I would probably brunch with? My my great grandmother. I would I would I would love to have brunch with her. Um, so that's probably not the most exciting answer. But yeah, my great grandmother is like one of my. Oh, I just absolutely love her. She passed away probably when I was like fourteen. But that's who I would brunch with. Oh, that's beautiful. So I know that you have a little something special for the Brunch and Slay listeners. Yes, I do. So um, one of the things I love to do is challenge people. As I mentioned earlier, my mentor basically challenged me and told me I could not make this thing pop because you need to work with rich people to get wealthy. So I'm challenging all of you to join the, um, the Your Wealthy Your Challenge. Um, and I think you're going to post a link to it. And so it's a five-day challenge that will allow you to tackle every single aspect of your finances. So day one, we're focusing on money mindset. We're talking about give you the actual handouts and worksheets to get your budget together, find those two magic numbers, help you create a plan to pay your debt, fix your credit, get your um, savings, investing. So it's an awesome dynamic, super packed um, five-day challenge. So please make sure you join that. I have so many people who have just emailed me and said, wow, this challenge is absolutely phenomenal. Like, I've completely shifted my mindset. So I definitely want to make sure all of you guys can take advantage of it. Yeah, and it's at no cost to you guys. So make sure you no click cost. the link um, and share it. You know, make sure that other people, if, you, if you're getting anything out of this conversation, which I'm sure you are, share it with people who you know and love, who you know, or especially college students. Mm -hmm. with before we start getting those bad habits i think it's so important for them to find somebody relatable who they feel comfortable with to start having this lifelong journey with so make yes. sure you share this now dominique where can people follow you and support you yeah so my website is just dominiquebrowley.com 
Um, and then on Instagram is where I spend most of my time. It's just Dominique Broadway. And then you're definitely more than welcome to join our free Facebook group. It's Millennial Wealth Builders. Um, and you can actually get links to all of this from my Instagram account as well. Yeah. So Dominique, of course, I want to thank you for squeezing me in today thank and you, dropping Dominique. all this thank knowledge you. with the audience. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's as always great chatting with you. So this is, this has been awesome. All right, guys. So if, like I said, you enjoy what you heard, please review the podcast. That's how we grow. Give us that five star and a review on Facebook, I'm not in, not Facebook, haha, <laughs> Apple and Pod, uh, Podmatic on Droid. So make sure you're sharing. I want to thank all of you guys who are supporting Brunch and Slay and who are joining the tribe. If you want to know more about how to become a part of the Brunch and Slay tribe, just log on to patreon.com forward slash brunch and slay and you'll see all the options for truly getting engaged and following along this journey. I'll put it in the notes. And until next time, I'm Amira and this is Brunch and Slay. Bye.